Oak City Move is a podcast on 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people creating positive change in the triangle and beyond. Oak City Move can be heard on air every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. on 88.1 WKNC or online at wknc.org listen. For episodes and more information, go to our blog at blog.wknc.org or follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. WKNC 88.1 Raleigh. My name's Fionn. My name's Janae. And we're here for the Oak City Move, which is a weekly podcast here on WKNC from 5 to 7 on Mondays. Today we've got two guests, maybe three, maybe a surprise guest. I don't know. You'll see. But we've got Gemini here. She runs the Conjure, and we'll hear more about that in a minute. And we also have Jordan Bowman. He's going to be coming in to talk about Journeyman at around 6 o'clock. That song you just heard was called Illegal from Mbala. Tell me about why you picked that song and like who she is. Yeah, we have Gemini here in the studio in case you <laughs> missed that earlier. So tell me about what song we just heard, kind of why you picked it or who she is. Um, so Mbala is a really dope local hip hop MC. She was our live performance artist for The Last Conjure, which went down in July. I, I believe she may have won a Carolina Music Award this year. She was up for a nomination for that. But yeah, she's really dope. She just dropped that single about a month or two ago. Yeah, it's one of my faves. <laughs> First, I'd like to know about you. Tell me about yourself. Sure. So my name is Gemini. Um, most people just call me Jim for short. And I am a DJ and the founder, curator for The Conjure. And can you tell us what The Conjure is? The Conjure is a dance party that celebrates the magic of black and brown femmes. The magic that we bring to everyday lives with fashion, swag, beauty, you know, brains, all of those good things. And I noticed that in the music industry, well, I've only been DJing at like club events for like the last year and a half, but it didn't really take long to notice that the music industry is very consumed by cis straight men. Most DJs I know are guys, a lot of hip hop performers or performers were guys. And so I wanted to have a space for femme identified folks to feel safe, to feel celebrated and to also have a platform to show their music off as a DJ or, you know, if they're a singer or MC, just have that, that platform that may not be available otherwise. So tell me about what it means to you to identify as femme. What is a femme? <laughs> so femme is such a broad thing, but for me, it consists of anyone who embraces like a feminine energy and that can be in the way that you present yourself. Anyone that doesn't conform to masculine-centered ideals, um, it could be, and it ranges. So it could be folks that were born as a woman, you identify in that way. It could be um, gender non-conforming folks that identify as feminine. It also includes our beautiful trans women community. So yeah, just anyone that self-identifies as that. I don't really necessarily want to define what it means for other people, too, because it can just it, it differs. But if they identify as that, then we celebrate it. So tell us about what we could expect from coming to a Conjure event. Well, with any good dance party, there's, of course, going to be dancing. Um, but we welcome also healing in this environment. So that happens. And maybe you can come and get your cards read. There's tarot card readers available 
We've also had like radical forgiveness and honesty booths set up by Maya Freelon in the past. So it's a place where you can come to the dance floor and find some type of healing, release all the negative things that have been going on in your world that day, that week, that month, even this year, um, and have a place to come and feel beautiful, shake your butt without anyone over-sexualizing you or making you feel gross or, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Trying it's to like come up behind you and start grinding on you right like right we don't we don't welcome that <laughs> you know definitely consensual grinding only <laughs> <laughs> so so who comes to these events so everyone as far as the crowd i mean it's it's both femme and non-femme identifying folks we definitely have our black and brown femmes in the house but we have our white femmes we have you know just femmes from all over the world so it, it really is from everyone. As long as you love and, up, and uplift and believe in the magic of black and brown femmes, we invite you to party with us. And I'm hearing the word magic come up a lot, as well mm -hmm. as tarot cards, as well as the name Conjure. Mm -hmm. um, definitely some witchy vibes there. Oh, yeah. Were you inspired by any sort of I, spiritual I practice just, in particular? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, first of all, thinking that... Um, that femmes are just magical. Like what we do, we're healers naturally. We are nurturers. We're the ones you come to when you need to be fixed. Like in whatever way that might be, usually come to us. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> and and what we bring um, is truly magical. I mean, how we how we talk. You know, I believe in the power of words. Everything we say is like literally kind of a spell. That's why we call it spelling. And so, I think that the things that we say and, and put out into the universe are what, you know, it keeps that goodness in the world. You know, if we didn't have femmes in the world, we would just be a bunch of guys fighting all the time. Up on yeah. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do anyway. But, you know, we, we need us to be around to, um, to love up on each other and to heal one another. And there's a power that comes with, like, with loving that, you know, loving us and loving femmes and, and believing that, like, hey, we are definitely what you need in your life. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Especially in a world that tries to divide women so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't them trick you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think is the purpose the, 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 the importance, I was trying to put purpose and importance <laughs> together, the importance of having spaces like this? I mean, it's important because I, as far as I know, and anyone that knows otherwise can definitely correct me, but there are not many spaces in North Carolina where it's going to be an all-femme lineup when it comes to having DJs and performers. And so I just, I felt like it was just really needed. Even in the queer music scene, it's still yes. a lot of cis male identified folks uh, running the scene. And even if they aren't, um, there's not a lot of opportunity for black and brown femmes to be seen and to be heard. Um, and so having the opportunity to come up with a party, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? What is going to be something that is impactful? And I was like, you know, I don't ever really see a lot of lineups where it's all femme DJs here in North Carolina. Um, I mean, there's definitely collectives like in New York, like Disc Women, which is all femme DJs. You have Balti Girls in Baltimore. You have Party Noir in Chicago. But as far as Virginia, North Carolina, yeah, South like these Carolina, are the big cities where there's already such a community mm -hmm. in the first place, yeah, what are we doing for people who need community, let alone need representation at all? Yes, 
And even when you have um, lineups where there's kind of a mixture, I, I just find that even the crowd is like mostly guys. And I just yeah. really wanted a safe environment. A space for, is transformed even yeah. if it's a feminist space by having the presence of guys there. So Right, right. So I just, yeah, I just, I just felt like we needed that, that space. And so far it's, it's had a really positive reaction. Uh, um, a lot of femmes have left the party saying that, hey, you know, I wasn't feeling the most beautiful and I left feeling just really pumped and feeling really good about myself. We do a lot of like body positive affirmations. So, you know, we invite folks of all sizes, all ages to come and be celebrated, have time on stage to dance and be seen. So I just I want everyone to come and like be able to feel appreciated and feel beautiful in the way that they are. Yeah. How often do they happen? Has it been you mentioned it has been seasonal? So, yeah, it's it's been seasonal um this year as I just try to get an idea of, you know, who's coming, is it going to be, you know, like a nice crowd? Is there something I should do more often? Right. And it's definitely looking like we're going to step it up next year. So starting in January, we're going to move from being a seasonal party to being a bi-monthly party. So I'm really, cool. really excited about kind of stepping that up. So you my know, boo, uh, my fellow Gemini, <laughs> just walked in the studio. We got three Geminis in the room. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we have a Gen, a Zen and Gem thing. It's like yes. Zim. Zim. <laughs> <Zem>. <laughs> So tell me about some of the people that you've had on your show. Well, one just walked in. Hey, hey, <laughs> what's up? Yeah, I just turned on. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey. Um, Zen actually performed at our very first conjure, which was absolutely amazing. And so I, yeah. yeah, I invited her to come back for this third installment just because we missed her. Oh, and um, she just over here. Yeah, she just. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm gonna toot her own horn for a second. But she just her album, her EP just dropped this past Friday, Sunflowers, and it's absolutely amazing. So if you haven't heard it yet, go to Spotify, iTunes. What else is it on? SoundCloud, Pandora, Pandora, Title, all of those wonderful things. Everywhere. Yes, and then is actually going to be doing another performance this Saturday at the Conjure. So I'm really, really excited to hear this new it's music. Just, yeah, we're just gonna have a whole bunch of fun. Yeah, I'll be performing a lot of the new stuff from Sunflowers. Yeah. So we'll see you there. <laughs> so tell me about what you're kind of expecting coming up. I'm expecting a whole building full of amazing people that are ready to dance. One of my favorite things about the conjure is the dancing. So, you know, we do a lot of twerking at the conjure. Um, if you don't know how to twerk, I can give you twerk lessons for $28 an hour, maybe. I'm just joking. <laughs> but you can I was come like, there. where do I sign up? <laughs> uh, no, you could come there and get some lessons, though. Um, we definitely love to dance there. It's a lot of booty shaking, um, a lot of rocking. A lot of the music that's played varies. So it can go from house music to hip-hop, trap, twerk music. It really just depends on the DJ. I, I typically, when I pick my DJs out, I just let them do their thing. Like, so you never really know what direction they're going to go. But so far, all the DJs working together have um, been really, really good. So you DJ as well, don't you? How did you get yes. started with all that? So I started off doing house parties because I collected vinyl records and I'm just a big nerd. So I was like, OK, I know I have a couple other friends that also still spin vinyl. So it was like a thing of okay, you bring your favorite five, I have my favorite five, and like all these other people bring theirs, and we'll get together and have a good time. 
I did that for about two years and the parties were getting pretty popular. And that's when Play Play came up to me last, like the beginning of last summer and was like, hey, I see you doing your thing with these house parties. Would you be interested in getting lessons at uh, the DJ lab that I have access to at UNC Chapel Hill? So I was like, cool. Did like two lessons. And that's when they put me on with uh, Party Illegal, which is one of the parties that Play Play help put together their pin hook and so yeah I did my first pin hook party and then I've just been doing my thing ever since earlier this year play play had an opportunity to help come up with some party ideas for a pin hook and suggested that I come up with my own and so because of them like play play has been such a big door opener in my life and such an inspiration and amazing educator they gave me kind of the opportunity to come up with this concept and I was you know again like oh what am I gonna do I had to sit on it for a second and I was like, hey, okay, this is what I want. I want something for black and brown films. And that's how The Conjure was born. So the first lineup was Zensel Fly. Um, we also had Father Fanny that was uh, at the time based out of Atlanta, but they're in Portland now. Myself and Femi the Femme, who is also going to be DJing this Saturday as well. So the, your first your first show had a Zen in it. Yes. And now Zen... We had you on the Oak City Move like a while ago, and you've been doing so much since then, always, always working, and now you've got a bunch of stuff coming up this week. Yeah. Uh, what do you have going on? Um, so I'm a resident artist at The Cave in Chapel Hill this month. Yay. So, yes, yeah, so I'm <laughs> curating shows every Wednesday this month with some of my favorite artists from North Carolina. This first lineup, I've got Fionn. She's going to be playing Slow Glow. Ooh, Yay. I've also got Sean Kidd and myself, and we're going to have a lot of fun. So definitely come check it out. We're going to be kicking it off. This is going to be the first one in the series, and it's October 4th, which is this Wednesday. And then Saturday, The Conjure, yes. which that one I'm already prepared to be sweating. So I'm probably going to bring <laughs> a, a, a change of clothes. And then Sunday, there's a DACA benefit at Ruby Deluxe. And all the all the proceeds are going to the DAC recipients to help them with documentation and like any fees they have to pay. But that's from two to eight. On that lineup is Juice Lord Magnus, Pie Face Girls, Fruit Snack, Absent Lover, myself. I don't know if I'm missing Slime. Mm. I don't think I'm missing anyone. It's but yeah, a, all the proceeds are going to go to big lineup. And this one yeah. is 18 plus, by the way. So yes. if you don't usually get to go to Ruby. This is your chance. Oh, yeah. And it's from, it's, I believe it starts at 2 p.m. So it's, it's for a great cause. So we're partying with the cause this Sunday. Yes. Brassy is smunk. And also Sand Pact is going to be playing at the DACA Benefit this Sunday. Shake your butt a little bit. It'll be fun. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm interested. Just off air, we were talking and we were talking about Pride. And I am not in the know about this. So somebody enlighten me. What were you saying? You didn't go because... Yeah, controversy. I, I didn't go because of them putting pride on Yom Kippur this weekend. Um, I am not Jewish, but it's not okay. So I wasn't going to support that event personally. And what were you talking about? I, I personally didn't enjoy it that much this year. I think there was a lot of confusion um, about if it was going down or if it wasn't. I just feel like there was a lot going on. Everybody was trying to bank off of pride. It was like everyone wanted to do a pride event. And for the most part, most of the parties were pretty dry except for the bar because they had um, Big Frida. Yeah, they had Big Frida, but then I heard it was like packed like sardines in there. So I was like, I don't want to 
pay $35 to be packed like sardines in a space and it's like one way in one way out type of situation too everybody does yeah it's a it's, it was a hot mess and so outside of the bar I think they had most of the people but like I DJed at the Armory I think there was something going on in the Arcana they had something at Pinhook and I'm sure there was quite other uh like number of other bars and places that were trying to bank off pride but it just didn't feel prideful i think for me pride has to do a lot with like social activism and just really celebrating who you are and it just i didn't really recognize a lot of the people that were coming out i don't know just it felt really disconnected for me yeah it didn't seem too prideful which is kind of sad because durham is like one of the most queerest cities mm -hmm. ever that I've yeah, ever lived in. <laughs> and in terms of pride, like I feel like the turnout could be so much bigger if we just had a less monetized and less yes. corporate. Here's some it's sponsored knickknacks. Please yeah. like our company and give us your money. Yeah, okay? and that's what it like, felt like. It, that's exactly what it felt I feel like. Like, like it's such it's such a disconnect. Party, make some money and put some rainbows yeah. on your clothes. It's such a disconnect mm. from the spirit of Durham anywhere else. It's just yeah. odd. It felt really um, unorganized, just everywhere. Everybody just trying to do their own thing. And I think there probably could have been some collaborative efforts to just have like one or two major parties or maybe even three and not try to have all these major parties all over such a small city. And, I See mean, who can beat out who. Right, right, right. <laughs> But I mean, in Durham, it's, yeah, like I said, it's sad because no, normally Durham is a really good party scene. We're really known for music and having a good time. So it was kind of disappointing to not have such a good time. But you can have a good time this Saturday at The Conjure, you know? <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> so tell us again when The Conjure is going to be, where it's going to be. Like, give us times. And so it starts at 10, ends at 2. And it's at Pinhook, which is located on Main Street in downtown Durham, right next to Pie Pushers. Uh, it's close to 21C Art Museum. Um, and it is it is mainly a queer uh, space, so definitely a, a safe space for anyone that identifies as so. And it's a really dope spot. It's very intimate. There's a nice little back patio to chill at if you want to get, you know, some fresh air. Most of the folks there are really friendly. So even if you come by yourself, you're sure to make a friend. And how can people keep up to date with your goings, goings on? Like if they miss this one or if they want to keep up with what's going to be happening this Saturday? Well, The Conjure has its own page on Instagram. You can find it by going to at sign underscore The Conjure underscore. You can also find me on Instagram uh, under my name Gemini, which is spelled G-E-M-Y-N-I-I. You can also find the Conjure page located on my page as well if you get a little lost. And yeah, you can keep up. I DJ in Raleigh sometimes at Ruby Deluxe. I DJ a lot at Pinhug, Arcana, various number of spots, you know, wherever. You can just kind of follow me on Instagram and see where will, you know, I'll be next type of thing. And yeah, I'm just really excited about the movement that the Conjure is becoming. We actually are pairing with uh, Disc Woman out of New York. Next year, which I'm really excited about, Disc Women is a collective of DJs um, that I mostly identify as femme that have been doing their thing for years in the New York triad area. So they're going to be partnering with us as well as Moogfest. So I'm really excited to work with them as well. I've been going to Moogfest in Durham for the past two years. I saw Zen do her thing this year Girl at Moogfest. Yes. <laughs> which is amazing. It was absolutely... You were, Listen, I have never been to a music performance where they were throwing cookout burgers at you. 
That's <laughs> it was, honest. I was really like yeah. in the corner, like, yo, y'all got fries. Did you catch too? one? I did not Dang. get any. You know what? And I'm gonna have to get on DJ Fannie Mae for that. Yeah, she was being <laughs> she was being picky about who she was throwing to. Wait, well, actually, we needed like fifty burgers. <laughs> Five hundred burgers. And we might just have to play 50. that song this weekend, and we might have to throw some other burgers yeah. out in the crowd. I'm so with it. We, uh, I need to get like one of those guns that they uh, shoot, shoot the t-shirts out with. Just, that's the, it's a movement. If you don't get it, you should. Uh, you could pull up <laughs> SoundCloud and check out her song "Cookout." And yes. Zen, how can people keep up with you? On pretty much everything is ZenSoFly for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Everything, but yeah, that's and my she favorite. Is or you really can so fly. Write me letters. So fly. <laughs> so fly. <laughs> so we're gonna close this interview out with a game of two truths and a lie with our guests here, Zan and Jen. My Jam. favorite. So who's gonna go first? I'll start off since yeah, I'll start off. Okay, so I'm left-handed. I have a phobia of sharp edges and corners. I love horses. I'm going with lies. I love horses. Very few people in this world love horses. That was, that's correct. I'm (laughs) terrified of horses. So you don't like horses either? No. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. People make me feel like a bad person for not liking horses. No, a horse tried to throw me off a mountain when I was six. And that's why I don't like horses. I saw a kid get kicked off a pony at a birthday party. And then ever since then, I'm like, nah. I like them from really far away. I don't really like to be close to them because they've got really big teeth also. (laughs) It kind of makes me nervous. (laughs) So, Jem, you're two truths and a lie. Mm. Let's see. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. My father is from France. And I have a, an addiction to Project Runway. The, the first one. And the first one is a lie? Or is it? Oh. The Hawaii one? Is the, yeah, the Hawaii one? I actually really was born in Honolulu. Was the second one? Yes. <laughs> My dad is not from France. <laughs> so do y'all have any last words for our listeners before we close out the show? Um, respect black films and pay black films. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a movement, truly. Smooth and quick. We have one more DJ I forgot to mention, Ooh, by the who's way. The DJ? So the final DJ for the evening will be DJ LR, who attends UNC Chapel Hill Law School. Um, she's really wow, known awesome. for her hey. partying at Howard University in D.C. So she's really popular in the D.C. area. So I'm really, hey. really looking forward to seeing her do her thing. That is awesome. Yes, yes, yes. For any of the UNC fans, we got some light blue in the house. <laughs> oh, we're on NC State's campus right now. Jeez. I know, I know. But, you know, it's okay, though, because we just we love everyone we're, in college. We're all NC. We're no all, everybody's here. paying tuition. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> we're all Everyone's going to have student loans out the yin-yang. <laughs> And if you want to keep up, you can go to Instagram. It's at underscore the conjure underscore. Mm-hmm. And Zensofly is Zensofly on all venues. And we look forward to having you in January also. So excited. Yes. We'll <laughs> stay posted. <laughs> WKNC 88.1 Raleigh. That song you just heard was called Watercolor. And we've got the artists here in the studio with us, as well as Jordan Bowman. And they're both here to talk about Journeyman, which is 
they can explain it better than I, but at the very basic, it is a mentorship program for adolescent boys. So mm-hmm. if y'all would introduce yourselves, tell me a little bit about you and how you got involved with Journeyman. Yeah, so my name's Jordan Bowman. I am a Raleigh native, and I actually just applied to NC State. Go Wolfpack. Um, I got involved with Journeyman when I was 14 years old, going through the program as an initiate, as a mentee, and I've been involved since. Hi, uh, my name's uh, Charlie Krejci. I was born in Raleigh, and I've been a part of the organization for seven years. I went through our Rites of Passage weekend when I was 14 and later became a mentor in the program once I turned 18, and I've loved every bit of it. Great song, by the way. Where can people find your music? Thank you. Um, you can find it on Spotify or iTunes or Google Music under Great Father Whale, and that song should be being released this week. So tell us about what Journeyman is. Yeah, so Journeyman is an incorporated 501c3. We've been around since 2012. The broader organization of Journeyman started in 2008 out of Asheville. Charlie and I and a couple of others in the Raleigh area run the Triangle chapter, but it's mostly based in Raleigh. We provide mentoring for boys, 12 to 17. We also provide rites of passage and leadership development opportunities for them. So you both went through the program yourselves, right? Mm. So tell us about your experience there and how that helped you. My experience in the program in Journeyman has has been really special to me. Uh, at first, it was a little odd. Uh, I was being... Uh, I was approached by actually uh, Jordan Bowman's dad. He said, hey, you should really consider this. And I, I didn't want to do it. And I was like, no, and I'm not going to do it. And uh, he asked me and I talked to my dad about it and really saw that what it was that I didn't want to do was grow up. And I thought, you know, this organization is going to gonna make me grow up. They're going to make me be somebody I don't want to be. But I found actually that's exactly the opposite. They accepted me for exactly who I was at the time and asked me, who do you want to be? And I didn't know the answer to that question myself. And I started finding the answers of who I wanted to be, and they helped me get there. And you, had you both said you were 14 when you started? Yeah, yeah. I went through the Rites of Passage weekend when I was 14, so that was back in 09. I was kind of thrown into it. My dad was like, hey, we're going to go camping. You know? <laughs> and I showed up, and I was like, this is not your regular camping trip. There's no way... And, and, you know, it was, I was challenged. I was, like Charlie said, it was, it was a place where kind of navigating, you know, what kind of man do I want to be in this world? Like, what do I want to give back mm-hmm. to the community? So I found it at the Rites of Passage weekend, which we call ROPA for short, that's the acronym. You know, I had a place where I could have emotions, right? And I could share them. I could take off this mask that I wore in the world. We often use this concept of a mask and, and really get down to like, who I want to be and, and what I want to do and how I want to show up in the world. And is 14 slash puberty age-ish the time that this program usually starts or does the mentorship kind of vary in terms of when people start? Yeah, so the program is specifically for 12 to 17-year-olds. 12 to 17. Yeah, and, and ideally 13 is a better starting point. Sometimes 12-year-olds aren't just developmentally at the place where they can kind of navigate the processes that we do, so... We have found, though, that uh, the 12, there are 12-year-olds who are capable um, of like grasping, really, and understanding the, the concepts and, and what it is that we do. And oftentimes, unfortunately, they understand because they've gone through some amount of, they have some degree of trauma. 
either a parent has left or has passed away or they're in foster care or um, we, we have a, a lot of boys in our program from the uh, from DSS Department of Social Services that is so what do these tertiary what does it entail and like the tools that you're giving them to, what kind of exercises I guess are like what are y'all doing to help I guess give me a picture of yeah, so I'll touch on the tools that we kind of, the space that we provide in the ongoing mentoring program. So this rites of passage weekend we're talking about, these are two main offerings, right? So we've got twice a year, we have this initiation experience. And then throughout the year, twice a month, we get together and circle up. And we have a two-hour meeting where we'll hang out for a little bit, and then we'll go into check-in rounds. So what's up? Like, what's going on today? How are you feeling? What was a good thing that happened this week? What was a bad thing that happened? And then getting into emotional check-ins and we have processes for like getting back into accountability. If you feel like you've made a promise you haven't kept and different processes for like clearing, like say you're upset with someone. Um, yeah, yeah Upset with somebody and whether it's inside or outside the group, we find that, um, the check-in rounds, um, checking in with, uh, our highs and lows and our emotions and our personal accountabilities and clearings with each other. Um, we use those to get clear and get really present um, so that we can all be safe with each other uh, for what we call the workaround. And really work can look like a lot of things, um, but oftentimes it's just asking the question to to the boy that's there is, What's something? Um, what's something in your life that you want to take a look at? What's what's something that's that's it could be hurting you? Like, and sometimes it's like, hey, I didn't I didn't take out the garbage this morning when I told my mom I would, <laughs> and and other times it's I'm failing in school. I can't seem to get a grip on my work, uh, my my family life. So there, there's a lot of degree, different degrees of experience that these boys are going through, but we found that it's really important, no matter what's going on, is the capacity to be able to talk about it absolutely because mm -hmm. no matter where someone's at in their life or how they're doing you want to be able to give them the skills to do more than just suppress 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 mm -hmm. which is basically the only skill set most boys are socialized to have mm -hmm. and that kind of leads me to my question what do you feel is the importance of having that space you know for people to for these boys to be able to express themselves like you mentioned you know taking off that mask can you mm -hmm. speak more to that concept yeah yeah so some statistics from 2014 produced by the Mentoring Institute, say that one in three young people are growing up without grownups to look to. So they don't have someone to go to for advice or for anything. So that's over 60 million kids in America. So that's that's a really big issue. And, and we look at, you know, if we can provide this space for five, 10 people twice a month, like that's a stepping stone. And to speak to the masks, you know, these, these masks that we wear, they're important. They protect us from getting hurt. So vulnerability is a choice, right? And it's and it's something that as our society, you know, this hyper-masculine culture doesn't really look at vulnerability as a positive thing. It's seen as a weakness. So we don't subscribe to that belief. We believe the opposite, but we do recognize the value of having it in certain situations. So for twice a month, for two hours, if they can take off their mask and really show what's going on, it's... It's something that has helped me change my life and how I see the world and how I relate. And I think a lot of the kids who come through our program realize that and say, wow, it's safe. Like, I can do this. Could you guys kind of give us a 
brief one sentence recap about what Journeyman is and then tell us how people can get involved with you and what they can do to help? Yeah, of course. Journeyman is a mentorship program for 12 to 17 year old boys and we teach emotional literacy and give leadership tools to young boys and help them on their journey to manhood. And earlier we were talking about this rites of passage kind of camp that y'all do. Could you tell me more about that? Yes, yes. So rites of passage is, for me, it, it really is creating this intentional threshold for boys to realize, like, I've been taken care of, I've been nurtured, and saying, you know, okay, I, I need to be taking care of myself. I need to be understanding how I'm living in this world and, and how I'm going to contribute. Providing that threshold for boys to step through consciously and you know we model authentic masculinity is what we call it and compassion and respect and um personal accountability personal accountability yeah Yeah, could you speak more to that um what exactly authentic masculinity is like your definition of that yeah yeah and you know like the line between like you were talking about that hyper masculinity Mm -hmm. like toxic masculinity versus this authentic masculinity concept Mm. I found, or we found, that a really good way to um, teach uh, boys how to become men is by modeling it. And so we show up for them. We show up present. We give them our time um, and show them that they matter and send them the message that it's okay to feel what they feel. Um, It's okay to fail. And you can become better, uh, you can better yourself uh, through your community um, by your awareness. Um, and Yeah, yeah, I would say authentic masculinity would be someone who tells the truth, so a man of integrity, someone who's accountable for himself and his actions. Um, and the model that we use at Journeyman is, um, it's called, it's, a lamb, it's another acronym, LAM, so we listen what's going on we accept them for where they're at in their situation we admire that we model authentic masculinity like we were talking about and then we bless them we we say this is the gold i see in you and we call that out um you know what we stay away from is we don't want to fix their life we're not going to fix their life right um we're not going to rescue them and we're not going to give unsolicited advice um and the last one is we're not going to project something from our life onto them so does that answer your question? Um, yeah. Somewhat. I still feel a little unclear on if um, like, it's an individualistic definition or if it's a generalized definition in terms of saying we want to cancel out these aspects of toxic, uh, toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. but we also want to encourage these aspects. Like, Are you looking at the framework of masculinity and saying we'd like to keep this or are we saying like whatever you define as being your true self is inherently authentic masculinity because you're being authentic to yourself it's mm. a very good question yeah so the the leadership model we use is based on authentic leadership and it, i don't know if you guys are familiar with that um you can check it out it's, it's a really cool um leadership model but it really is about telling the truth so mm-hmm. telling your truth and so whatever that looks like for you um i would say the specific things you know in toxic masculinity or hyper masculinity would be like that macho man kind of culture. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's, it's oftentimes hiding behind a mask um, or, or hiding behind, you know, I don't want to be seen as weak. I don't want to be seen as mm-hmm. this. So we offer, you know, 
processes and, and some teaching around um, how to be vulnerable and how to do it safely and bravely. So how do um, people get involved? Like you're talking about people who can become mentors, that kind of thing. And is there like um, some kind of process to become one? Yeah, so there's a there's a couple of things we require from our mentors. So all of our mentors have to pass a background check. Um, they have to give some reference checks, which we'll follow up on. But anyone who is over 18 and wants to give back um, can be involved. And being a mentor is mainly two things. It's It's showing up and then being truthful. So... Whatever's going on in your life, you don't have to present yourself as like a perfect human. We don't we don't want that um, because younger people who are witnessing you struggle and saying, oh, wow, I've been there before. Um, it's just an amazing thing for them to witness and see how someone it's else part of the modeling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, you can check us out on our website. Um, we have applications for mentors um, and we'll be getting in touch with you. Oh, yeah, the website is uh, journeymantriangle.org. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me about who, like, what kinds of people are in, like, what are your demographics like, like, in the program as far as mentors go and as far as mentees go? Yeah, so um, on our website, it says we mentor at-risk adolescents, and Charlie was mentioning earlier that we get a lot of referrals from um, DSS or different um, outpatient therapy groups. Um, but our philosophy is that anyone who doesn't have a strong role model in their life is at risk. Mm -hmm. So it's not exclusive to someone who meets a certain, um, you know, financial qualification or demographic. So it's, it's open to everyone. And, you know, I don't, we have a good mix of, of, um, of people as far as like ages and, um, we've got our youngest person in the program right now is 14 i think the oldest is 17 mm -hmm. um so it's it's quite a range um and we've got a good mix of of racial background and um religious background as well it's a secular organization so we respect all traditions and um as far as the mentors go like do you how how do you you mentioned how you become a mentor but like right now what are your mentors like like where are you getting your mentors like how do you do that <laughs> So a lot of the mentors in our program right now um, initiated in the program, um, and they've come back as 18-year-olds. As um, some of them are um, older, and they've had children, and they, they know the child-rearing process, and, um, and they want to continue to give back and, um, to the community. And... Yeah, we've got a good mix of, um, you know, early 20s, college-age students, um, and then we've got quite a few elders um, in who are mentors as well, and then, you know, 40s to 60s age range, and I think that's really important to bridge that generational gap. So when, when can people get involved? Like, when can these kids come in? Is it an annual thing that you sign up for, or is it like a rolling kind of admission? Yeah, so it's continuous. Um, you know, if, if you know a boy, a, a brother, a friend uh, um, who you think would benefit from this, um, on our website, they can you can send us an email or fill out a form on our website, and that happens constantly. We meet um, every third and first Tuesday of the month, 
Um, and if same thing for the mentors, we're constantly enrolling new mentors. Yeah, I think that's a, an important thing to mention is that uh, we do have the, the J group meetings is for the 12 to 17 year olds. Um, and we also have M group meetings. That's the mentor meetings. And those are um, twice a month as well. So that's where the mentors can come and they can do their own work, which we touched on earlier. We asked the, the journeymen to do their work and we model that for them. But also there is subject matter that's not appropriate for 12 to 17 year olds. Um, and it's, uh, it's important for the over 18s, um, the, the mentors to have their own space to be able to process what goes on for them um, so that they can honestly really show up for uh, the journeyman. Mm-hmm. And then twice a year is the rites of passage weekend. So that will happen in the fall and the spring. We actually just got back um, September 24th. 21st through 24th was the last one. And then we'll be announcing dates for the spring of 2018 soon. And last question for you. What are you looking forward to this year as far as journeyman goes? Well, I'm glad you asked, Fionn. I'm really excited. (laughs) We'll actually be at Shakori Hills next weekend. So we were selected as a nonprofit vendor there. Really looking forward to seeing all these awesome, beautiful hippies out there at Shakori Hills. Come by our booth and you can get some more information and and meet us. And I'm, of course, looking forward to the Ropa in, in spring of 2018. It's going to be a really amazing experience. It's out in Asheville area, so it's gorgeous out there that time of year. And are multiple chapters meeting together when you have those? Yeah, so the like the rites of passage. Jamboree. It is, it is, yeah. So <laughs> our sister organization in Asheville, Journeyman Asheville, collaborates with us to put on this weekend event. Um, we also have people come down from South Carolina, Atlanta. Um, we had someone drive up from Florida for the last one. Wow. So Cincinnati. It spans the southeast region. Awesome. And uh, we're nearing the end of our hours. But before that, can you tell us your website one more time? Anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So if, touch? if you want to get in contact, um, you can email us at journeymantriangle at gmail.com. Our phone number is 919-907-1177. Um, and our website is journeymantriangle.org. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in. And actually, one more. Okay. Give us some words of wisdom to end our Thursday on. It's okay to have it's feelings. Not it's Tuesday. Monday. Is it it's Tuesday? Monday. It's Monday. Wow. Simple guesses. It's Monday. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I used to run a show that was also interviews that's on Thursdays, and I just got a little mixed up. Mind. Anyway. Words of wisdom for our beautiful Monday. <laughs> Words of wisdom for your beautiful Monday. I think I want everybody to know that it's okay to have feelings, whatever those feelings are, even if it feels like they're there for no reason. Nice. I've got a, I've got a quote from Frederick Douglass I'd like to share with you guys. He said, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. That's fitting. Janae, words of wisdom. Get enough vitamin B12. <laughs> um... <laughs> You're listening to WKNC 88.1 Raleigh.